dice. Known for being rolled. Famous for being numbered. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why dice are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. I am joined by three guests this week, and I am thrilled to say that those guests are Justin, Travis, and Griffin McElroy. The famed McElroy brothers, they are here. I know, it's really exciting. They are very kindly appearing on this podcast, and they have very kindly written a book to help you, because their book is titled, Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. And that is a helpful, thoughtful, and funny how-to guide on how you can start your own podcast. It's available everywhere right now. Links to buy it are in the episode links at sifpod.fun. There are also probably unnecessary links to McElroy Brothers Podcasting. I feel like most of you know about... My Brother, My Brother and Me, or Sawbones, or Schmanners, or Wonderful, or or perhaps most relevant to today's episode, The Adventure Zone. Uh, these guys have created and are hosting or co-hosting more than a dozen different podcasts, so I'm, I'm grateful to every guest for their time, but especially these three making time with all of the other taping they do is, is really nice. I really appreciate it. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Justin recorded this on the traditional land of the Shawnee, Eastern Cherokee, Hopewell, Adena, and Wasashe peoples. Acknowledge Travis recorded this on the traditional land of the Shawnee, Hopewell, Adena, Miamia, and Wasoche peoples. Acknowledge Griffin recorded this on the traditional land of the Lipan Apache, Nurmurna, Plains Jumano, Coahuiltecan, and Tonkawa peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about... Dice. I want to thank two listeners for suggesting this topic. Thank you, Zoo Elder, and thank you, Steve Thomas. Your suggestion won the patron vote for a March fan-selected topic. If, if you, the listener, would like to suggest topics yourself and vote on topics, head to sifpod.fun. Also, this is just some, some magical timing, I think, because we had this fan vote, and then later on, afterward, you know, we, we got in touch with the McElroys, and we set up an episode. So, really, really nice of Zoo Elder and Steve Thomas to pick such a perfect topic. Very excited for you to hear it. Please sit back, or roll for charisma, or dexterity, or whatever. I don't know. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, with Justin and Travis and Griffin McElroy. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Justin, Travis, Griffin, this is a real treat. And I, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. But I, I, any of you can start. How do you feel about dice? 
I think it's the best way to cut things up, yeah. frankly. Some people like <laughs> yeah. to slice things. Some people prefer a chop. But I think a right. dice is the best way to go. You get kind of even both ways, smaller and, pieces. And I'm it's so excited, way. Alex, because I've spent dozens of hours researching dicing, different techniques, yeah. uh, knives, yeah. um, different cuts, superiority <laughs> to chopping. I will admit. Ready. I will admit that I did. I made a big mess up because I spent probably hundreds of hours researching the works of Andrew Dice Clay because oh. I thought that's what it is that we were going to yeah. be talking about. But apparently, we're talking about chopping things up small with knives. That is and so embarrassing. I feel, I'll tell you I what like really real changed it for me was the slap chop. You know what I mean? Because I was spending a lot of time before then individually kind of cutting it, and with the slap chop, you just put it in there and you slap and you chop it. You it's slap in it. the name. Alex, and the best part is, uh, not only is it effective, it feels great no. to do. It's cathartic. Listen, a we're, lot of we're frustration. Having a lot, okay. We're having a lot of fun. I mean, I'm busting up over here, but we're obviously here to talk about <laughs> the Design, Innovate, Communicate, Entertain Summit, uh, the DICE Summit created by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Oh, right. It's an annual event. Oh yeah, uh, so for for gaming and uh, what I'm did you so guys think about this to... year's this year's dice yeah. event? And I think it would be fun. One thing that would be fun is if we reference how dice also sounds like the uh, Swedish video game developer behind the Battlefront uh, and Battlefield series. Right, uh, yeah. that would be kind oh, of fun. That is fun. <laughs> is there anything we could well, do with like a Dyson? That's something thing, you know. There, There's something, something in there. Alex, when you invited us on the show, did you sort of anticipate that Hulkamania this was going to antagonism that we this bring quickly? I, I was like, please let them do the whole disambiguation page on Wikipedia for Dice. Please. This is off the top of my head. I mean, this is, if you <laughs> yeah. want me to go deep, I'll go deep. No, Dice. Okay, our relationship with Dice, <laughs> it's because that I was always, we've always been like a board gaming family. Like we grew up playing stuff mm-hmm. like Hero Quest, even boring bad games like Monopoly or Shoots and Ladders like uh which I guess is spinner. By the way, just gonna throw it out, uh Game of Life far superior to Monopoly. There yeah. I said. Wow. Uh, mm. but th- so we've all, but like since we started doing the Adventure Zone in twenty fourteen, I guess it was, something like that. Um yep. yeah. it has right. become like a regular fixture of my life. So much so that like I almost always have within re- <laughs> Within reach, yeah. Dice. It's weird. You dig in my backpack, and it looks like a, a a board gaming convention in there. Like every pocket, like just reaching out. Okay, uh, here's a sack full of dice. I have. I have two d sixes here. I have, that I have a wooden with. case right here. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I, here's the thing. I don't fetishize them. Like I don't. Um, I have some that I I really use uh, a lot. Our agent Joel sent us a, a beautiful set. Uh, these like glossy sort of crystalline sort of beautiful ones, but yeah, well. like by and large, I have no religion about it. I have no superstition about it. I just grab whatever is close and I <laughs> and I use those. So for a long time, I was using uh, a couple from the um, Super Mario Brothers Yahtzee set just because they were nearby, and I didn't go get other ones. And I kept right. telling myself like, I gotta get new okay. dice. These are weird, but nope, kept using them. <laughs> it is it is fun, a fun thing that will happen because I have uh, now just like a big. Sacco dice, which I think a lot of folks have if you play tabletop games long enough. And the thing is, is like in Fate, uh, the Fate system, there are dice that are like blank on two sides and then have like plus and minuses yeah. on the other sides. And sometimes I'll just grab a D6 out of that bag and roll it and be like, I got a plus. Oh, no. <laughs> I our, our youngest daughter, they were such a big fixture in our house that our youngest daughter started collecting them like whenever they were loose. And from the time she was three or so, she was calling them dreidels. 
And yeah. I, we've been in a, uh, a sort of game of chicken with the acceptability of that. Like, we have to tell her the right name for them before it's weird that she's calling them dreidels. But it is very funny that she's calling them dreidels right now. Right. So let's write it out for, you know, 18 more months until we have to correct her. <laughs> I have a little, uh, like, castle that is a dice roller that has, like, right. holes in the, in the you know, turrets that you drop the dice down and they roll out. That, as far as BB is concerned, in my four-year-old, is what dice are designed for. Uh, beyond that, she doesn't care. You can put them in this castle, and they'll roll out the bottom, and it is the best thing. My one-year-old thinks they're for eating, and that's a whole yeah, nother thing. That's always a danger. Be a feature this episode. <laughs> and, and plus, the fact that they do, in many ways, look like candy. Um, they look delicious, some of them, sure. But it is, I, I came to them... When I first started, so I played D&D a little bit before we did Adventure Zone, and I immediately thought I was going to, like, have a set of dice for every character I played. And it was like, this oh. is my, you know, this is uh, a set that reminds me of the forest, and so I shall use them for my elf druid. And then eventually now it's just like, I don't know, let me see what I have. Uh, okay, can I just roll two D10s yeah. and call it a D20? Yeah, my story is basically the same as Travis. I never played D and D before, uh, in any sort of serious way. I, I had a, a game that I played maybe a half dozen times in Cincinnati, uh, but I was always more into miniatures than. Uh, I like dice. the way you just like said that, Griffin. Say that again. Miniatures. Miniatures. Uh, yeah, Griffin's kind of our the jock, so <laughs> he's yeah. uh, he's more of a miniatures guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was back in fourth edition where you like more or less had to play on a tabletop. So every you needed the miniatures, and uh, I just I just like to uh, I, not to the point where I was painting them. That was a bridge too far for me. Right, but, mm. uh, I do like you're going to have to work so hard to get this trivia in, Alex. You're, you're going <laughs> to yeah, have to be yeah, yeah, just yeah, lobbing yeah, it and yeah, praying yeah. for the freaking best. <laughs> I'm I'm always said that I'll say one last thing when I when cons used to exist before the world went to pot, I enjoyed that sometimes it like dice sellers would just like, you know, they'd have all their little boxed up sets and they'd be like, here's like our fancy like, you know, hand carved from bone or whatever. And then they'd be like, and here's just a grab bag of some D20s. And that's what I always wanted of just like give me four scoops of dice because <laughs> I just I just like the weight of them and I like having just a big sack of dice. I don't need no. them. That, that's not the purpose, <laughs> but I have them in case there's some kind of apocalypse and dice become used as currency. Right. Or projectiles. Or projectiles. Because <laughs> I'm also curious, like, if your relationship to them, like, Justin, when you're talking about having them all the time, if that has changed pre or post Adventure Zone starting. Because also, as I understand it, that show sort of, you tried an episode of, of tabletop gaming and then it sort of blossomed, you know? like that, That's interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it is a lot of the reason I have so many sets now is because uh, because of Adventure Zone, we have gotten a chance to like play uh, with other people in other people's games. They've played in our games. We've done like special events for things, and it has become so. What's the word I'm looking for? It's it, it, dice have become so pervasive in my life that I've stopped worrying about if I have them. <laughs> and so, like, I'll start, like, I'll jump into a game, like, for somebody else's show, and then be like, okay, so uh, roll a D8, and I'm like, oh, you got, oh, no, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. And then I'll have to, like, look to my left and right and collect all the dice from around. I do, though, but, other uh, than, I'll, like, the D4 or the D20, I and obviously the D6, 
I still have to like take a moment when somebody's like roll a D10. I have to like examine the, the dot. Like even now, <laughs> you know, six or seven years into playing, like I still have to like. They couldn't have made the 12 and the 10 a little different, huh? It's just, yeah. yeah it's, it... And then they give you two 10s. That's the weird thing. You get the 10 that's like, you know, zero through nine or whatever, or one through 10. And then they give you the one that's just like zero, zero, one, zero, two, zero. Come on, guys. That's for rolling a D100. You know, know that. that. I know that, but they're so confused. Confusing. <laughs> well, I, I, I love knowing this. Uh, and also, I think we can get into our first fascinating thing about the topic. Because on every episode, that's a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called Everybody, Everybody, Everybody Wants to Hear the Stats. That's good. That's a good okay. one. Yeah, I like yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make that one permanent. You just stop there. Yeah. You can't just have the game. You can just make a formula. sound file of that. We we left it clean. We were quiet. So you could just clip that and then just use that as a stinger. <laughs> have people send in music to go with it. If anybody wants to put music behind that and send that to Alex, go right ahead. It's <laughs> a good way to go. And, uh, and that was submitted by Shane DeLeon. And as folks know, we have a new name for this every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. But we have a, a few numbers here and... The first number is mostly because I... Alex, has anyone ever done stats all, folks? <laughs> they don't burn the great idea. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. You know, they, they did, and I learned that I cannot do a Porky Pig impression well. And even, ah, like, like okay. in the week leading up to it, I would be around our home, and so, like, my partner's here because it's quarantine, and I would be, like, under my breath trying to practice it because it's very annoying. <laughs> Terrible at it. Still can't do it. The stutter I'll, is hard. I'll, I'll give you some pointers once we're done recording off the air. I'll I'll I'll, I'll teach you my secret techniques. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, the uh, first number here is very simple. It's two, because I'm I'm pretty sure I will mix up these two words throughout the episode. If we're being proper, dice is the plural form of the word, and die is the singular. Uh, in modern American English, people use dice as the singular, but that's probably just going to come up. I'm probably going to mix them up. That's the yeah, that's fine. We do. I do it all the time, and I am a, a professional Dungeons and or Dragons player, so I right. give you permission. Oh, I, yes. I, I'm knighted. This feels good. Yeah. Well, on to the next number here is 4,500 years. Uh, 4,500 years, that's the approximate oldness of the oldest dice that people have found. And the source here mm. is a book called Do Dice Play God by Ian Stewart, who's a math professor at the University of Warwick. They made a he bone? Says that Arch- bone? Sorry, They're going to be bone, aren't they? Are they bone? Just tell me they're bone. Is it bone? I think they're bone. It doesn't actually say. Yeah, of course they're bone. They gotta be bones. They made everything out of bone. <laughs> There's other hard stuff. They love bone. God, love bone. they love a good bone. <laughs> and he says that these were found in ancient Iran. It's a site called Share Sukte. And they were used for a game similar to backgammon. Yeah. Uh, and then dice probably originated in the Indus Valley, arising from the even older use of knuckle bones, which were animal bones for fortune telling and playing games. Yep. Because like you guys said, people love bone. Got to use it. People love bones. They're spooky. How'd they even get in there? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I We did a, on, on our podcast, Wonderful, we did a, a segment on backgammon because I love me some backgammon. Nice. Uh, and I like frontgammon. I did not realize how many like wild cultural variations on backgammon there are. Like still today, like it's obviously coalesced around like the version of backgammon that uh, is, is, is commonly played, but there's 
so many variants of backgammon all across the world with like different rule sets and different uh dice and like different mechanics to it uh and i think it it yeah it originated in in iran as well griffin what's the most dangerous yeah. version the most dangerous version? Yeah. That's, uh, well, that that's Knife Gammon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that seems yeah. obvious they, now when you say the name. They, it's just <laughs> called Bad Gammon. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought Gun Gammon was the most dangerous. No, you don't. It's Back no. Cannon. No? It's where you. Okay. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. It's got a lot of fun. Well, the next number here is 41 to 54 A.D which is uh, some years that's the reign of the Roman Emperor Claudius. Oh, uh, yeah. for one thing, apparently, according to Ian Stewart, the first dice that we're sure were used for gambling were in ancient Rome, and several Roman emperors loved them. But then the Emperor Claudius apparently was so into dice that he had his traveling chariot set up with a specially constructed board so he could have stable dice throwing while he was on like long traveling chariot road trips. Oh, we had that in our uh, minivan growing up. We had that same thing. <laughs> Us and our emperor, right there. Yeah. All right. So, so Emperor Claudius was a hundred percent real gamer, is what you're saying? Yeah, elite. Yeah, he was legit. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a fake dice geek. I don't. I don't know what the accusation would yeah, be. Sure. Yeah, sure. You're going. I bet it was really frustrating for him when like people would ride with him in his chariot, and he'd be like, "So, uh, I had it. You want to throw dice?" And they're like, "Oh, I don't really play." And he's like, "Hey, I had a whole board built in my car. You're gonna play." <laughs> back then, though, We're, I'm the emperor. Back then, though, the games were much less sophisticated. Basically, he would roll one, and you would roll one, and whoever got the higher one won. So it wasn't as much yeah. fun. People didn't really enjoy it that much. No. <laughs> yeah. When the last number here, this is a modern thing. The number is 51, and 51 is the number of votes that each candidate got in the 2018 election for Byron Bethany Irrigation District Director in Contra Costa County, California. I know this is a long, long thing. The point is they tied, and then the legal tiebreak for the election was casting lots. And so in a 2018 election for an irrigation director, each candidate rolled a D20 oh my God. to decide the election. Hey, when you, when you hear something like that, doesn't it make you think this is all a sham? Like it's <laughs> yeah, all from, just from the ground up. so delicately, uh, I can't curse, but a BS'd together that everybody, yeah. like if you look at anything for too long <laughs> in this system of government that we call America, it all falls apart so quickly. Can can I ask what the die results were? Do we have those numbers? We I'm, actually, I'm curious. We actually do, yeah. The Sacramento Bee, they each rolled a D20 three times, and the winning total for the winner, 51. The same number as the number of votes. Kind wow. Of wild. That's so wild. Wild. Yeah. 51 you're 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 rolling well over the the average that's pretty yeah. good yeah 50 what 30 30 that's 17 average 30 would be average yeah. uh to, if you know 10 getting the median there i guess 10 or 11 no uh, one say anything let 50. griffin figure this out on the podcast <laughs> I, and here's the wild thing, Justin. I already said it. Griffin just wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah, so 51's a lot. That's like an average of, uh, I want to say 17. There we go. <laughs> yeah, they, apparently the final roll was a 20 for the winner. I'm not making that up. Yeah. So that, that was, okay. it was dramatic. Like if there was a camera on it, it would be the end of the movie. 
Okay. I'm not saying they were cheating with loaded dice, but that's 100% what happened. <laughs> yeah, was anyone watching? Because it's really easy to lie if no one's watching. That's you true. just say like, oh, 20. <laughs> right, just don't overshoot. That's all you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a 26. What? I got a plus six to elections. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this magic sword. <laughs> uh don't worry about it. This t-shirt gives me advantage on election rolls. <laughs> Maybe they just, I mean, they couldn't, have, they used a D20. They couldn't have been taking this that seriously, right? There had to be problems like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily love irrigation. I mean, I certainly, I think it's interesting for sure, but this is honestly more of a flyer. You could have it. Fine. <laughs> Even though the uh, irrigation manager is a critical role. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) Guys, we have three big takeaways for the episode, and and let's get into them. Starting with takeaway number one. We know the maximum number of sides a dice can have. Really? This Hmm. is. Before it becomes like just a circle? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) uh, more or less. Yeah, and and obviously that's like the number of fair sides and sides that make sense. But but yeah, uh, both ancient and modern mathematicians have worked together to figure it out. Uh, and the maximum is apparently. How did they work together to. across time, Alex? Listen, you just you stepped mean? all over the frigging number, Travis. God, <laughs> sorry. I was just about to climax. I, know, but I was ready for that. I'm tri- blown I need away my by the fact that payoff climax. <laughs> I'm just blown away by the fact that ancient and modern scientists were able to communicate throughout time to determine what the maximum number of sides were. <laughs> you got to double check those ancient the people. Raft. They believed in humors <laughs> and all kinds of weird stuff. You got to double check their math. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what was that number again, Alex? It was 120. Okay. Beyond that, you either start to get a weird sphere, like Travis uh-huh. said, or it's or it's an unfair dice. Yeah. If I could just suggest, Alex, something you could try is make one with 121. <laughs> and then yeah. it would just blow that Maybe just make right it out of the water. If you just added <laughs> just one more side one side that, bigger. just sneak one in. Make it, oh, it's st- this is stupid. Make the, make the die bigger a little yeah. bit. Yep. And then just add yep. another side in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what, 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 vaguely, what shape is a one hundred and two? Because it couldn't be like equilateral triangle faces. The like more a, like sides a you add, the closer you get to spherical. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right. Are you asking Which, Griffin? And I won't speak for Alex here, but two thirds of the other people on this call, you're asking us to off the top of our heads. <laughs> Geometrically design 120. It just looks sided probably di- like round. It looks it looks almost like an orb. Would be my because like the okay. the more sides you add, like you think about how a d20 is like a closer approximation of spherical uh, than. I, I'm thinking about the faces on this on the sphere. Well, that's wild, you, Griffin. Okay. I don't know. They're like circles. They're, no, they wouldn't be huh? circles. It would be. They wouldn't be circles, triangles. but they also wouldn't be equilateral triangles because I don't know that that would. They're hard stars and rainbows, would... horseshoes and blue moons. I don't know, Griffin. Please, okay. I'm Fine. a simple <laughs> farmer. So I Fine. I just stuck it in the chat because that's a great question, Griffin. The, well, yeah. the sides are almost right triangles. Apparently, the big angle is just short of ninety degrees. And yeah, look at that. It, Obviously, there's a podcast. People can't hear exactly how it looks, but if people want to look at a link, they can see it or. Just generally, it's like if a D20 got really, really subdivided out of control. Yeah. Is the, the general. But, okay. The thing about this is, and this, I've seen like D100s this way too. Really, anything 
cast a certain size, when you roll it, you're going to lose about 20 minutes of game time figuring out which is the side facing up. That is, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you need a level from the hardware store. Like, okay, so the top is this one. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's too much. Apparently, they all, the team, this is made by a team called the Dice Lab, also working with uh, Oberlin College math professor. But apparently, they spent a lot of time trying to print the numbers on it, like especially the triple digit numbers, like print them without interfering with the dice's surface. So you have that whole issue, too. Mm. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, each face, I mean, these dice look huge, but each face individually is quite small. And so etching you know, 107 into this small face has got to mess up the, like, physics of the mm. of the dice mm-hmm. roll. See, and this is also uh, one of those examples where it having been worked on on a group makes it impressive, and if it had been worked on by an individual, it would be worrying. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> see, yeah. like, one individual walks out like, I've done it. You're like, oh, you're my God. You come eat roast beef right now? I'm at 118, sweetheart. <laughs> Please. I've almost got it. Please. I don't care if the kids are graduating today, the twins that we have. <laughs> this is a rich fiction. No, there's a lot going on yeah. here. Or my name is an Andrew Dice Clay. Stop Whoa, it. twist. Oh. It's in my blood. I like the idea that Andrew Dice Clay was a twin. So then there's yeah. another Dice who's very different and is like, no, I'm, I'm much more of an Andrew normal Well, Clay. otherwise he would be Andrew Die Clay. <laughs> Don't you wish Andrew Dice Clay's first name was like Bread, and so his name would just be three things? <laughs> his like, name would like, be like a really weird grocery spaghetti list. dice clay. It's one eighth of the way to his like Bitcoin code phrase. Like just a, yeah. His name would be an activation for like a, a sleeper cell. <laughs> it's a, my Manchurian candidate trigger is <laughs> Carnation Dice Clay. <laughs> Don't bring that up with him, though. He's extremely sensitive about it. Yeah. Well, so this uh, this D120, according to the team who made it, it is the ultimate fair die allowed by Mother Nature, is how they, they branded it. Okay. All right, guys. Just say this is the biggest one we could make. Just Right, right. <laughs> we just couldn't cut it anymore. That's basically it. We gave up. <laughs> and apparently part of the reason they're confident that you just can't get more complex is there are other researchers who have figured out all of the different fair dice shapes. And we'll link to a YouTube series called Number File. Brady Heron makes that. And he talked to Stanford professor Percy Diakonis, who said that he and a collaborator Stop. used math no. and computer Alex, modeling. Stop. Stop. There is no way there is no way i could roll i need a 120 a d120 to find yeah. the odds that that person's name is percy diaconus it's un that's oh, that's the ancient mathematician that they pulled from from the past that they pulled him that's forward that's like predestined right. like the parents are like i love a kid that studies dice well go with percy diaconus <laughs> through the time rift right Slam go with dunk. percy no we really want him into dice not Listen just a little oh, okay Listen percy diaconus though yeah. stepping up to the plate now for a home run opportunity is percy diaconus i'm out of it <laughs> not Don't happening it. yeah and the oscar <laughs> award for best on stage kiss goes to yeah. percy diaconus now welcome majority whip percy no. diaconus <laughs> nope absolutely not percy come back from the kitchen it's your turn to fight the orc yep 
Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I'm, uh, I'm the most accomplished hitman in history. My name is Percy Diaconus. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes. Un- unfathomable. Maybe that. Is, maybe I shouldn't be so chagrined that you, that is his name because that is the only thing his name could be. That's a D one. It's just that one thing that his name could be. <laughs> like they wrote that on the birth certificate and wheeled him to a university. Like, okay, see right? Ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're so worried about making the biggest fair dice. Give me a smaller dice. You stopped at D four. Give me a D three, coward. Hey, that's a good. Right. Is D four the smallest one you could do, Alex? Well, technically, there's D two. That's okay. a coin. Stop. Yep. That is a coin. You are correct. It's not a D. I've seen a D3 before, but then you start getting away from like angular shapes and it looks more like a football sort of situation where it it, it, it has only, there's a word for this, but it, it only has like two axes that it can roll on. Uh, I forget what the name of that kind of shape is. And then a one-sided die would just be like a Mobius strip, which- so I like, got a one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I got that. a one again. It's a one. Right. Just throw it for your friends. Like, ah, see, another one. Like, okay. Can we play? Uh, the only thing you can use a one-sided dice for is for rolling for how much fun rolling a one-sided dice is. Right. <laughs> but then a one would be like a critical success on that die. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at pictures of D2. They're weird. If you could imagine two C shapes interlocking, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's there, it's bizarre. Just use a coin. Yeah, God, easier. Come on, it's hard being the biggest jock in actual role playing game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Joe Manganiello plays Justin. You sure you want to? That's actually an extremely good point. I bet they're all bigger jocks than I am. I take it all back. He's quite a large fellow. <laughs> Vin Diesel plays. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're the yeah. third biggest. Yeah, third biggest. You're talking about physical shape now. No. Okay. Sorry, go, Alex. Please, I'm sorry for ruining your podcast over and over again. <laughs> I'm glad to know the jocks now. This is good. Yeah. Well, and, uh, just the last thing here with the modern scientists like meeting the ancient ones through a portal or whatever. Uh huh. So, Mr. Percy Diaconus and his collaborator, they tried to model all of the kinds of fair dice with computers and math and, and everything else. And they say there are 30 families of dice shapes that are fair by symmetry. That that actually makes sense. We'll have a, a picture link for people because there's no way to describe it. But he also says that they did all that research, did all that figuring, and then realized that Archimedes pretty much figured out the same thing uh, like 2,500 oh years ago. Because uh, math oh. was the same. Just hmm. did it. Why didn't they yeah, check he first? Didn't he didn't. He didn't have TikTok to distract him, so it's actually less impressive. Yeah, if you think about <laughs> right. it, he couldn't have even checked TikTok if he wanted to. Wouldn't that? I bet that that's the thing that not a lot of like scientists are worried about. Like, I invented the car. Oh, actually, Archimedes invented the car like three thousand years ago. <laughs> like, it's that. Like, you would right. think like I'm gonna make a dice, and it's like, hey, shouldn't you look and see if anyone has made you know a dice before? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> this is fine. I've invented the sandwich. No, Travis, you did not invent the sandwich. The sandwich has been around for a while. I call it a cup. Oh, nope, nope. Sorry, bro. That's the thing. (laughs) The other thing with the D120 is that this this team claims they did it and, like, are the first people to make it. But they also say that a French-Belgian mathematician named Eugène Catalan came up with the math in 1865. Oh. They quoted one of the founders of the Dice Lab. He said, quote, this is not an original idea. We were just the people crazy enough to actually do it, end quote. 
Or bored enough. Come on. Right. Oh, come on. We, we were just the people who did it. I wish I could be the guy in the 1800s who, like, somebody walks up, like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, I'm working on theoretical dice shapes in my head. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Are you going to make that dice? I do not possess. I am not that it, crazy, my man. Are you kidding me? Do you know how possible. crazy someone would have to be? To make this? <laughs> you could tear the whole universe apart with power like this. It'd have to be the rebels of dice uh, There's no way I'm quick. Not until Percy Diaconus comes along will someone be yeah. crazy enough. Percy Diaconus? You mean the bad boy of geometry? <laughs> yeah, that's him. It's the one. <laughs> the, the prophesied one? Yep. <laughs> Well, and also with with complex dice shapes, the last last thing there is that D20s are just older than I think people realize or, or than I realized before researching it. In 2003, Christie's Auction House auctioned a green glass Roman D20 from the 200s AD. Uh, and then also the Metropolitan Museum of Art has a D20 from the 100s BC made of a rock called Serpentinite that was found in Egypt. Ooh. So they've been making D20s. I assume cool. D20s are from like the 70s. But they're they're very old. Well, yeah. They go way back. And just if I could do a little deductive reasoning, I could buy a D twenty now for like two fifty, two dollars fifty cents. So I have to imagine that Roman one is probably like what thirty bucks, forty bucks worth, right? Like <laughs> because like it's old, but it still does the exact same thing, and right? It's it, it, it's made out of glass. It'd break the first time you try to roll it. I don't think you should even have to pay $30 for that. That's a bad dice. Do they have any features? Or It is awesome It is awesome to think about the idea that Gary Gygax was like, anyway, this game's easy. All you need really to get started is a dice with 20 sides on it. And everybody on Earth is like, what are you talking about? Those don't even <laughs> exist. This is No one's going to buy this game. And he's like, I dug it up in Egypt. And they're like, I'm not going to yeah. do that, too. That's not. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. No. I'll just make some for you guys. <laughs> I'll call my friend Percy. <laughs> All right. Off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, uh, from here, let's get into the second takeaway. Takeaway number two. Most dice are at least a little bit loaded, and some of them decay. Huh. 
It's just a bunch of features of mainly six-sided dice that I was not aware of until digging into it. Uh, and the best example of like truly fair dice as much as they can be are probably Vegas ones. So we've got a bunch of things here that Vegas does to make their dice relatively fair. This is a piece of, because I got very interested in the balancing of like D20s and stuff when we first started playing. And like, if you're worried about it, it's safer to get a clearer dice. You can see if there's any like bubbles or, I mean, for lack of a better word, inclusions in it, like you would find in a diamond. And there's also ways that you can like float a dice in water to like test it right to see how balanced it is wow um yeah i think listener at home i wish you could see how furious alex gets when other people mention trivia that they know about he's like (laughs) turning overturning a bookcase behind him like an unbelievable he's tearing pages out of his trivia oh boy this is a he's just writing the trivia he knows on the wall oh is that blood Is that is that species? Oh that boy! <laughs> Secretly, incredibly disturbing. More like Alex, like, come back to the mic. Tell us about the Vegas thing. Back. I'm sorry. Well, folks, we're the new hosts of. I wish I was doing all that, but also super committed to quality podcasting. So I'm trying to do it silently, like I'm tipping the yeah. bookshelf right. as gently as possible. You, you know? got your pop. You got your pop filter on, so you won't get the plosives of the bookshelf being thrown to the floor. And Travis, what you said about transparent dice, that's one of the big things Vegas does. If people ever see Vegas six-sided dice, they're almost always transparent. Hmm. They're also just machined really precisely, according to Ricky Jay. A big source for this episode is Ricky Jay. He wrote an amazing (sighs) Mm -hmm. piece for The New Yorker about the history of dice. Love Ricky Jay. They are also, I have noticed, because I I enjoy uh, craps as a game, and I have been to Vegas before. The dice in Vegas have uh, kind of sharper corners. Yes. Where, like, if you ever see, sometimes board games, they'll have, like, the very rounded off corners and, like, rounded off edges. But the ones in Vegas are, like, much more, like, cube, like, refined cubes. Absolutely. And I I think that's, it's mainly so they roll better and and more evenly. I I feel like home dice are so if you throw them at your brother, it's okay. You know, like, they won't stab them. But that's really the only reason they're done that way. Yeah, exactly. And according to Ricky J, casinos now demand a dice that's machined to within one ten thousandth of an inch on each side. Wow. Which is incredible engineering to put into dice, but they're doing that. Yeah. And then also with the numbers on dice, like most regular dice that you get from a board game or something, they drill a little hole for the number and then just paint that. But because there's a different amount of holes on each side, then it's weighted unevenly. And so Vegas dice, they fill in the hole with a paint that is the exact same density as the dice material. Wow. Uh, so then it's even. Interesting. I thought I thought they would just make the dots bigger on different sides. Like make this, oh. the six side have the dots be quite small and have the one be, you know, larger yeah. so that the volume of dice sort of that, that has been excavated would be essentially the same. Did, uh, right. Did you know that there with D sixes? Um, you probably did know this because you're like a trivia person, Alex. But there are like dice that are non regulation D sixes that occasionally will pop up because to be a regulation D six, like in sets and stuff, the opposite sides have to add up to seven. And so oh. like, and there then because there's then a certain order that the numbers have to go. So sometimes like there are dice sets that so are sold where those numbers are not in the right order so that the sides don't add up to seven, and those are non-regulation D6s. I love that. Do you know the word for for the laws that dictate which numbers are on opposite ends of a dice? It's a very good what? word. Uh, 
chirality. That's Whoa. amazing. Chi- the chirality of a dice is the sort of pattern upon which the numbers are applied uh, so that the, the um, uh, you know, opposite facing numbers can, can all sort of add up. Now, to Justin, you do one. Justin, okay. you do a fact. Uh, you can swallow any die if you put your mind to it. <laughs> Just believe in yourself. Oh, man, I wish I could curse. Hey, Alex, it's a critical Okay, you can uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can edit that out later if you want. <laughs> well, the uh, the the other like trick with Vegas dice and Travis, you've probably seen it from Craps, is when people play Craps, which I'm told is mainly just a North American game. But anyway, uh, Craps has a rubber diamond pyramid bumper on the table. Like you throw the dice, and then they bounce off this very textured rubber bumper. Mm-hmm. And according to Percy Diaconus, he's back. Boo. Oh, yeah. What's up, buddy? <laughs> he says the... I'm sorry we had to drag him away from his uh, threesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Justin, it's a three-sided dice that he's working oh, on. Oh, my mistake. Okay. So he says that if you go to Vegas, like, there are scammer-type people who will offer you a class, and they say, like, hey, I can teach you to do a role that will win craps more often if you take my class. He says basically every one of those classes just comes down to how to do a roll where the dice slides with one number on the top the whole time. And he says that so those those bumpers are there to prevent people from doing that. Once the dice bounces off that, it's going to turn over. And that's that's a way they fix it. Also, you'll get yelled at if you do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the, <laughs> that you'd get one of those. Right? <laughs> Guys, like, please don't do that. There I, are rules and stuff. Are there like, classes that they'll teach idea. you? Are there classes that they'll teach you of how to keep the dice on the table? Because that's my bit. I'll go, whoa, whoa, and yeah. like they'll bounce off. And you have never seen an adult more disappointed in another adult than you have when you do that two times in a row at the craps table. Yeah, yeah. they'll enjoy it. Also, I've, the, the, I was there for the that. The amount. Terrible. Uh, the extent to which Travis thinks it's a good idea to play craps also is directly proportionate to the amount of alcohol he has ingested. It's the best game there, my man. Best odds. Best odds. Just ask me and my friend Bob. It's the best odds in a whole place. <laughs> he's got a he's got a system, Alex. I got a system. I never lose. I bet on every number. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as you can keep grabbing the dice, they can't stop you from throwing them. That's right. And if you throw them, that's legally it's the dice roll, and they have to follow the rules. Yeah. And if you swallow them, they can't take your money away until they come out and they see what the numbers are. And if you throw 50 identical dice that look like the dice you just rolled all at the same time, you can take your pick. Of which... <laughs> and if you yell Yahtzee loud enough, you own the casino now. Yep. That's just how it works. They won't tell you that in your fancy books, Alex. You got to <laughs> learn it here on the mean streets with me and my friend Bob. <laughs> Linda, as far as like the slidey kind of roll... A team of engineers has done computer modeling to discover that basically every six-sided dice roll is a little bit loaded if you don't roll it a whole bunch really hard. Uh, Because what they found is... You can just say cheat, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I I turn to academics for how to cheat. It's the only way I know. Mm -hmm. Um, this This is, again, the book Do Dice Play God by Ian Stewart, but... This was a 2012 study led by engineer Marcin Kapitaniak at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland. They built a computer model of what happens when a six-sided dice rolls. They included air resistance. They included friction against the table. And they found that if a dice bounces like a normal amount of times, like four or five times, your chances of the number that was on top when you threw it coming up 
uh, the chances there are one in five. So just however you were holding it, whatever was on top when you released it, you have a one in five chance, even though it's a six sided dice. Like that's a pretty big, uh, big swing. Yeah, it's a big day. Yeah, that's just stupid, apparently. Yeah. What a waste of time. <laughs> that would have been a bunch. You know that movie that they made about the people who like created a team of like card counters and stuff? It would have been a much different movie if it was just them trying to gently roll dice. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, some cool music playing as they go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's five yeah. again, but are you okay? <laughs> are you, sir, are you cool? <laughs> I feel like they would have to claim to have Mr. Burns's body where they're just not strong enough to roll it hard. Right. That would have to be the trick. <laughs> Blow on them, baby. No, not so hard. These these bad teens are learning how to fake a severe iron deficiency in <laughs> bringing down the house. And the, uh, the team here also found that in order to get true one in six probability on that top number, you have to either massively spin the dice when you roll it or bounce it at least 20 times, which I don't think anyone has ever done. I, How so, do you do that? You yeah. Can't. No. It turns out we really have to bounce and roll our dice really hard for them to not be kind of sort of loaded. Like, I don't think most people are watching what's on top when they throw it. But if you do, you will over time know what you're throwing more than you otherwise would. All right. Mm. <laughs> And then uh, the other thing about dice is that uh, they said that some of them decay. Uh, this is coming from, again, Ricky Jay, the, the magician, author, actor, so much more. When he was alive, he collected old celluloid dice because um, in 1868, John Wesley Hyatt in Albany, New York, and developed celluloid. It's best known as like movie film, uh, as old time uh, motion picture film stock. Mm -hmm. But it also became standard dice material until the mid 1900s. So for almost a century, we were making our dice out of celluloid. And Ricky Jay has found, and, and we'll have pictures for people, the dice will, he says, quote, typically remain stable for decades. Then in a flash, they can decompose. After the release of gases, the dice cleave, crumble, then implode. Uh, he has a whole collection of dice that basically look like they're molding, like they, they went bad in the fridge. That's why. See, that's why we make them out of bone now. Yeah, gotta have bone dice. Don't worry about it. We're back to bone. <laughs> is, is that uh, what? So those were the celluloid dice that broke down in that way specifically? Yeah, those specifically. And then I guess in the 1950s, they switched to mainly using something called cellulose acetate. So then they, mm. that doesn't do that. But if you have dice from before the 1950s and you keep an eye on them, they will they will look like old vegetables or something after a while. Uh, wow. And if you go to the Museum of Jurassic Technology in oh, yes. Culver City in L.A., you can see some of Ricky Jay's dice that have decayed. I have. I used to live two blocks away from the Museum of Jurassic Technology. I took people there all the time. What a wild place that is. Yeah. yeah see, awesome. I've, got a, I've got a dice made out of uranium, so it'll be good to go for like... <laughs> Four billion years before yeah. it starts to, before it I have a dice made out of ice. Uh, uh, let me find it. Damn it! Oh no! <laughs> and then we won't be able to solve your murder until we figure out the yeah. riddle. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's the sawdust. Don't worry. <laughs> I was a fish. <laughs> well, from here, I think we can do the final takeaway of the main episode. Takeaway number three. Europeans might have changed their approach to dice making I knew as it. they changed their beliefs about fate. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. 
One more time, Europeans might have changed their approach to dice making as they changed their beliefs about fate. Um, I'm being specific about it being Europeans because this is one theory based on one study by one guy, but it's about uh, a sample of old dice he found in the Netherlands from like Roman times to modern times. Because it used to be that when you were born, uh, the priest would look at you and say, this person is fated to be a dice maker. Right. And then eventually they were like, no, I think anybody can and can't be a dice. What are you talking about? And so then it changed, right? That's what you're talking about? <laughs> right, the judgy baptism priests. Like, uh, yeah. this is a dice head. I'm feeling it in the water. Dice head, totally. We shall name him Percy Diaconus. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'm on Tinder hooks. I need to know exactly what it is that you're talking about. Uh, so there's a scientist named Yelmer Erkins. Another great name. <laughs> Going up. Awesome. Yep. So good. <laughs> and he is a he's a professor of anthropology at UC Davis. And in a 2018 study, he looked at more than 100 examples of antique dice from the last 2,000 years in the Netherlands. And the basic finding was that dice have not always looked exactly the way they do now in the sense that old Roman dice from the 100s and 200s, he says that they were noticeably flatter or noticeably long, like they were weird shapes for something that's supposed to be a cube. And it takes until around the 1450s for dice to be more cubic, more squared off, more like fair. And the theory that he came to from this is that the shifts in dice's appearance may reflect people's changing sense of what exactly is behind a role, whether it's fate or whether it's like the science of probability. So the idea is before people believed in probability, they were like, well, you know, the gods just do everything. So my dice don't need to be like machined right because the dice will just be whatever the gods say. I like that because one step removed from that is like, do we really need to roll, Doug? Just give me your fiver. Come on, Doug. (laughs) Look at your life. Look at mine. The gods clearly want me to be successful and for you to fail. I'll take your horse now. Yeah. That's like, (laughs) that's like turbo calvinism it's like yeah. a, it's like this it's a new if whatever if you use a, a moonstone on calvinism it's what it evolves into <laughs> that's wild yeah his work on it erkins and others it ties into like the scientific revolution and mathematicians trying to figure out the basic science of probability according to ian stewart's book the the first like writings on probability science one of them was a book by girolamo cardano who was an Italian mathematician who published on it in the 1600s. Uh, and then also Christian Huygens, the astronomer, did a book in the 1600s called On Reasoning and Games of Chance. Uh, that was 1657. Are none of these people just like Steve Smith discovered, <laughs> I don't know, like kiss your dice and they'll roll better. That yeah. is true. Yeah, that is true. That does work. The field is short on conventional names. I don't, I don't know why yeah. you would think somebody would just be... Bill Thompson, and figure it out. Is it like pop music where they they start as Bill Thompson, but then when they decide to get into like mathematics, like I gotta change my name to something (laughs) cool. Yeah. Like Percy Diaconus is the sting of mathematics, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? (laughs) Because before that, you probably want your dice to be not a super weird shape, but also maybe you haven't totally thought through this is totally based on chance. You believe a, a more antique yeah. uh, thing, like like turbo Calvinism. <laughs> and you had other things to do. You it, had to fight off unicorns and stuff. There were dragons everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense because you could you could have a six sided dice where one of the sides is just made out of lead, and so it's always going to have the same result. And at that point, it's like 
the grace of God is not going to like make different numbers come up at that point. So the engineering is the engineering behind the dice is is still inherent to what I don't know. It just feels fairly easy to kind of poke a hole in that. That it's <laughs> yeah. just laziness, honestly, is what it is. You think there was one? There was probably like one smart person around who was like, "No," and it's like, "Oh, you don't trust the gods? Oh, yeah. this guy doesn't trust the god." No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Or maybe it's one person to say it's God's plan that we engineer <laughs> these dice to be completely fair. Like, not one person thought to say that out loud. It's just, yeah, I, I don't get. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> By Zeus's beard, Doug is cheating. Everybody, Doug is cheating. <laughs> I love. I'm, I'm just thinking about Doug, the 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 smug. Or wait, is Doug the person losing? I'm I'm forgetting who Doug is now. I think. Yeah, it's hard to keep. Whatever track. it takes to get Doug the smug in there, we yeah. have to go with it. Right. <laughs> His real name's like Dougius or some. Shit. I don't. Know. I'm sorry, I cursed again, Alex. Travis. <laughs> That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to the McElroy brothers, Justin and Travis and Griffin, for lending themselves to yet another podcast and writing a book that will create more of them. Amazing. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the most incredible legends about dice. Several mythological and ancient stories and one 20th century urban legend. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus, for a library of almost three dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring dice with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, we know the maximum number of sides for a die. Takeaway number two, most dice are at least a little bit loaded and some of them decay. And takeaway number three, Europeans might've changed their approach to dice making as they changed their beliefs about fate. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Justin, Travis, and Griffin McElroy have a wonderful new book out. It's titled Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. It's funny. It's practical. It's everything you need to know and want to know. If you're going to try to do, I was going to say what I do, but really what they do. They do much more of it. And it's really impressive. I'm so glad there is a how-to from guys like these guys who know what they're talking about. You can also head to themcelroy.family to see all of their podcasting endeavors or head to sifpod.fun for links to everything I just described. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great book titled Do Dice Play God? That is by Ian Stewart, a math professor from the University of Warwick. A great YouTube channel called Number File that is by Brady Heron, and he talks to Professor Percy Diaconis of Stanford University about their research into dice. And then a great article in The New Yorker. It is called The Story of Dice. It is by Ricky J. 
Ricky Jay passed in 2018. He's very much missed, and he was way more than an article writer. He was an actor, a historian, a magician, and and just really somebody to check out. If you, if you miss all the dice stuff we talked about and you learn about Ricky Jay, I, I think we still did good. That's a good thing. Anyhow, find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.